what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of shut up keep going i'm sydney goodman <laughs> i'm kate franklin um and this is a show where we explore our internet curiosities. curiosities i also hit my mic a lot so sorry i'm gonna try not to do that it's just so satisfying to like adjust i like it uh why don't we just dive right let's into it let's do freaking this dive thing. i'm at the high dive i'm at the top i'm how many meters i'm three meters high and i'm about to just do a somersault double flippy is that a lot of meters butterfly man yeah it's a lot of meters i have no idea okay today we're talking about lisa frank <gasps> good topic were you a big lisa frank fan i was but only because i knew this girl lisa potfin and mm. i was like they have the same name Ooh. so if you don't know what lisa frank is it is a brand it's really hard to explain the aesthetic. It's like rainbow it's animals like, with really big eyes. Like, yeah, it's like early 2000s, 90s, even, yeah. dare I say. Like holographic. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. They had a lot of stickers and like binders and like notebooks and stuff. Did they have anything else? They had like t shirts, right? Yeah, it was a whole aesthetic. Yeah. You could probably look it up now, and it's. I would imagine that it's probably pretty popular. It still is a thing. But we're going to talk about kind of the rise and fall of Lisa Frank, because I feel like it's only recently come back in vogue. Okay, I'm so It's kind of ironic, to be honest. Like juicy sweatsuits. So, Lisa Frank is a real woman. I kind of assumed it was a pseudonym, to be honest, but it's a real lady. Um, an artist who founded the school supply brand in 1979. Her husband, James Green, was CEO and had a reputation at the company's headquarters in Tucson, Arizona. Also, why is that not pronounced Tuscon? I don't know. Um, he had a reputation that he was, quote, an unfaithful monster with a cocaine problem and employees feared he would destroy the company. I'm not surprised it does kind of like can yeah. i say that it what why is it not surprising for you just because like it has like coke energy it, <laughs> like it, it really does like it's just like what i think is interesting is that so many of the things that i grew up with as an aesthetic i now as an adult can kind of understand what was actually going on yeah and i feel like coke was rampant yeah, I didn't realize how, like, it was really, like, they made us fear marijuana, but I feel like Coke was, like, everywhere. Yeah. Coke and, like, eating disorders. Eating disorders and, like, galore. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, weird, like, money laundering. <laughs> I, I think that's still a thing. That's true. Have you looked back at pictures of celebrities yeah. from, like, the early 2000s, like, 90s? And they are... Well, and I remember looking at that and being like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. Yeah. And like not thinking anything was wrong, but they were literally like so not healthy. I know. And as a little chubby kid, I was like, I'm like, I can't stand for this. Meaning I can't stand for myself <laughs> because all the celebrities are like, yay big. And that is, sorry, I always do this when I have a point. Mm -hmm. Well, you got it. You have a point. That so. is why... I don't know how you feel about Billie Eilish. I really like her. I, I think. really like her. And yeah. I think she's such an, an amazing celebrity f for girls to look up to because yeah. it's like, and that's why I was a little disappointed in the whole Vogue thing. I just was like, eh. leading up to her new album, she posed for Vogue and you know how she was like famous for wearing her baggy clothes. Yeah. She wore like lingerie, um, which like, I think it's fine. 
I think it's fine. This is just a personal thing. Yeah. I just was like a slightly bummed out because something that I find that I liked about her was that she was about body acceptance and being like, this is how I want to be perceived. I don't want people to look at my, like I, it's my decision. I loved that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really strong, interesting choice because I feel like a lot of times with body positivity, it's like, here's my entire body. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I don't really want to show you my body publicly. Yeah. Which I thought it was interesting. I've never really seen that. Um, I would agree. So then she like spoke about positivity in like the kind of classic way. And I was like, Billy, no. Yeah. So like, again, I don't mean to shame her. Like she looked amazing. I was like, totally. But but I feel like what I'm hearing you say is that you resonated with her like decision to kind of omit her actual like showing her body yeah as a part of making a point yeah um i thought it was a very strong point and i found it oh my god i'm so happy so before we started recording this episode i was saying how i was sad because simba usually comes hangs out with me and he didn't cuddle with me this morning i felt like he was mad and so i'm really happy that he's here (laughs) you're like so i'm so happy hi baby oh oh my god I have to take a picture of this, Justin. We'll have to include That'll go that. on the image guide. Yeah, <laughs> the image guide for today. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would. It's interesting that you brought that up, though, because I would agree that I found it to be an out-of-character decision. And while, to be honest, I hated looking at her outfits. Oh, same. I understood why, but her aesthetic, I just was like, oh, girl, like, I can't look. At you. This is such an ugly outfit. But I understood her choice and cool, 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 whatever. But I would agree. I think that with her decision to pose in Vogue like that, it was something that just like read very off brand, I guess. And so like in a weird way, it like put this stem of disbelief where I was like, wait, like how authentic was all of that? Like, yeah, it just like no put in has- this kind of like, yeah. what? like, I don't know, like I liked you and your music and I like you and your music because there's like such a like raw authenticity with it. And so for her to make a decision that felt so out of character for her brand. Yeah. Um, and I say that because I think there's a clear distinction between me trying to say that I know Billie Eilish and the decisions Billie Eilish, the human should be making versus me saying like, this is the brand that she's established. And like, it just felt kind of off brand. Yeah. And I think, just to tie it back to our version of celebrities, pop stars of mm. growing up, why I like Billie Eilish is that like she's like famous based on her art and talent, mm-hmm. which I find really exciting. I think it's yeah. a step forward. I hope we keep progressing in this way. Well, and I think it's interesting that she's, and I know I just spent a lot of time being like, that was off brand, but I also think it was really smart and interesting that she like rose to fame and like became acclaimed for her music first yeah and now she's like oh yeah this is what i look like by the way because like if you look at the pop stars of the early 2000s it's like epstein island (laughs) is that like is that terrible to say i think they're he did have an island right no he had no no i don't know if that's terrible to like relate jeffrey epstein but it's like they all looked like they were 14 and playing and up all of these like sexual it was so fantasies, disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And especially I feel like with all this free Britney movement, the free Britney movement that's been going on, and I feel like people have been doing deep dives into kind of more of like how she was groomed and like all yeah, that. It's, it's very like, sad. Um, but so Lisa Frank, hmm. sorry, the cocaine. Well, <laughs> um, so let's dive deeper into who is Lisa Frank, the lady behind the behind lady. the coked out stickers. Um, <laughs> 
She's from Bloomfield Hills, north of Detroit, and it's ranked in the top five wealthiest cities in America consistently. Her father was in the automotive industry. Uh, she was supported by her parents to pursue her interests, which were, quote, artistic and feminine. She went to the same elite prep school as Mitt and Anne Romney, Ooh. where she started painting. And when she was 20, she started a plastic jewelry line called Sticky Fingers, which was designed by, ne or, sorry, which was picked up by Neiman Marcus in Bloomingdale's. And this collection inspired her to design stickers and buttons. Sticky Fingers, as like an early college student, makes me think of jizz. Um, Wait, what is Sticky Fingers in this sense? That was the name of her plastic jewelry line. Do you remember those little hands that were sticky? Yeah, you'd get them at uh, Chuck E. Cheese yeah. for like five tickets or whatever. That's kind of horrifying now to think about. They were probably like disease centers. Do you know the ones that I... I was an obsessive little kid, and so I would always have like one of those that was like my thing that mm -hmm. I was, and I loved you know those like little tubes that were like gels. Yes, and you'd like put them on your wrist and stuff, and like jack it off kind of. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. So I was obsessed with them, and I was always like, woo! And then my sister, who was like in high or like she was older than me, she was like, you look deranged, and like you're jacking everyone off. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I love how this feels on my finger. <laughs> it's so funny, though, to think of, like, our parents had to watch us be like, this is great. I love it. And, <laughs> and our like, parents were just like. They couldn't say anything. They were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> how many little boys do you think their first masturbation experience was related to those things? Honestly, Probably like, like everyone. I hope that they had that experience. It's like kind it, of a Lisa Frank experience. Like if but like that feels <laughs> like it's like that's what it was made for. Like yeah. also, what's the deal? Where did uh water beds go? My dad had a water bed at some point. My parents had a water bed. Like, I think everyone's just like I think it actually proved that it was really bad for your back. Oh, so everyone's like, yeah. oh shit. Okay, and also I'm Edward says her hands popped them. There's a anyways. Um, but anyways, so Lisa Frank got the rights for Betty Boop and Popeye and Mighty Mouse and would, quote, put like Betty Boop on a unicorn, she told The Daily. 1979 rolls around. She renames the company Lisa Frank Inc. and got her first million dollar order from Spencer Gifts at 25. 25? It's kind of wild when and this is being a pretentious art. Like this is being pretentious. But like Lisa Frank, I wouldn't consider high art. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that she like, you know, like it doesn't look technically very difficult. Like they're basically just like stylized doodles. Right. Yeah. And it's just wild to think that she was just like, oh, yeah. And then she built this like multi-million dollar company off of just like the like executing on an idea. And I actually think it's like really inspiring to just like I feel like I talk myself out of things a lot where I'm like, oh, well, this is such a simple idea. Like if it was good, somebody else would have done it already or it would already be like a successful thing like it's not really worth like yeah. i like talk down to my ideas a lot like that and so i don't know i found it really inspiring to be like well no this bitch like built this giant thing from like these doodles like yeah it doesn't have to be complicated and concise I yeah feel like are the keys to success would completely agree um so she still sells her first million dollar order this is interesting so there's only two photos of lisa frank on the internet ew and i don't know why i don't like that really i kind of i respect the anonymity 
No, 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 but I res- I re- also respect it. Um, but so <laughs> I, this was also wait. Let me also just say, I got this information from Jezebel. Mm-hmm. This whole article is based on a Jezebel like investigative journalism thing. Okay. I don't love Jezebel. Okay. I'm just going to say that. I think that they tend to paint a lot of their, a lot of their stories just feel like there's like a really heavy bias to totally. them. Um, and so I do feel like it's necessary to put that disclaimer out here because it talks a lot about her husband who sounds like a pretty horrible dude. Um, but I am presenting this and I feel like I need to let you know that I would presume that this was, was reported with bias. Okay. That's I fair. think that's important. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so there's only two photos of Lisa Frank on the internet. And on the Jezebel article, they had this like, you know how they put hyperlinks within the articles? And I was like, oh, I want to see the photos. And so I click it and it goes to a BuzzFeed article and they had the embedded in- images and both images says they're no longer available. Oh my God. Lisa <laughs> so Frank's like, like deep oh. in the internet. like Yeah. Um, but I did find a picture that was from the Lisa Frank newsletter in the Jezebel article. And I'm like, 99% it's her. It'd be very weird if it wasn't. Because it's like signed Lisa Frank. I see. But if she was really that paranoid, I guess she could have gotten like a model to stand in for her or something. So I don't know. Didn't have pictures to cross-reference. She really didn't like the spotlight, but also sounded a little bit Mm self-important. Where there was like an anecdote about how, yeah, when I like pay for things with my credit card and somebody's like, oh my gosh, your name's Lisa Frank. Like the like, like the brand or whatever. And she'd be like, oh yeah, funny that we have the same name. And then Jezebel was who was like, yeah, like sounds like she like thinks she's pretty important, doesn't she? I was like, oh, well, I don't know. That just sounds like something that happened to her. And she's like <laughs> telling us about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like if someone, if it's like Leonardo DiCaprio, everyone's like, oh, th- you have the same name as Leonardo DiCaprio. It's just like, yeah, it's like a famous name. Yeah, yeah. Just like Kate Franklin. So um, people who worked for her talked mostly about her appearance and that quote, she was very beauty focused and like kind of on that train that we've talked about before of just like feeling like she needs to like stay young and thin and X, Y, Z. And so she was really into appearances and she was described as quote, a very passionate lady, although a little manic and not always all there by someone who worked in the creative department for two years around the time of Frank and Green's divorce. So spoiler alert, she gets divorced from her husband. But okay. Can I interject with one piece of social criticism? Please do. I'd love it. Why do artists have to be normal, sane, functioning people? I'm sorry. Like, it's like you want an artist to be a crazy person. It's way more interesting. Yeah. It's like this woman is creating like multicolored like leopards for a living. Like, I'm not really wanting to like have a cup of Starbucks with her. Yeah. And like discuss like the news like i don't i just yeah i would expect that just her to really be bothers me when people are like and they're crazy and i'm like good like i don't know and i feel like i said this about elon musk and i still stand by that that it's like i don't care that he's a freak like it's like this guy's like trying to I, and i don't even i don't know why i brought Elon Musk. any famous person that's yeah. weird i'm like okay like they're eccentric as long as you're not like hanging out on jeffrey epstein's island yeah then, i mean like, let's not go to that island friends but yeah or like, you know, don't be like dating children. But even, and this is not condoning drug use at all, but it's just like a, don't fucking judge people. Like an yeah. artist's life is like very torturous. And totally. Like, if you're a creative, like you have certain 
emotional receptors that are very sensitive and life is tough so well and i think not to get like overly pedantic but like don't judge anybody who's has like an addiction yeah like illness and problem because like you just don't understand what they're going through and i don't think anybody actually wants to be in a position where they are dependent on a substance like i don't think anybody actually wants that deep down it's like don't judge people i also feel like not to just shit on the time we grew up in but like that's what's so interesting i feel like drugs were so like if you do that you are so bad and now we're not that we're like yeah you should go do drugs but we're like more understanding and like willing to like talk about mental health yeah which is so interesting because i feel like drug use back then was like way more rampant maybe it wasn't i don't know no i think it was but i also would be curious if maybe now like people just don't talk about like if maybe it's like we talk about mental health more but we don't talk about drug do you know what i don't true. know i don't know if maybe people are just i don't know statistics around that yeah but um yeah it is interesting so Lisa Frank was a boomin, the company, not the person. Um, at its peak in the late 90s, it raked in over $60 million a year in sales. Wow. And I think what's so interesting about that is just like they're not selling like high priced items, right? It's like yeah. a pack of stickers. Yeah. And like they're raking in that much. Also, I need to tell a story about I invited this girl that I did not like to my first grade birthday party because I knew up to this point she had given really good gifts love and i and she got me a pack of lisa frank stickers and like not to be like you should give me a bigger gift but she always gave really big gifts and she just gave me stickers and i was like bitch i don't even want you here (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways so uh 2013 which is when this article was written things were not going great um, and I'm not sure if it's like actually still around or like what the deal is because I know that the factory, like the headquarters, isn't there anymore. Like it is, but it's like an abandoned building sort of a situation. Mm-hmm. So, but then when I went to their website, like Lisa Frank does sell things still and like you can buy their stuff. So I would assume they're still around in some capacity. I'm just, I couldn't really figure out. She what. just did a makeup line with Morphe. Oh, interesting. How do I know that? Great question. Well, no, she um she always comments on Casey Musgraves pictures. Oh, interesting. And I'm a huge Casey Musgraves fan. And so I was like, oh my God, Lisa Frank's still around. And I yeah. saw that. Yeah, no, she's like around. So it seems like she's still around. I just don't really understand in what capacity. Yeah. And um, a lot of the articles, I feel like 2013, it must have been really surprising that it wasn't doing well because it felt like there were a lot of articles written in 2013 specifically that were like, ah, everything's failing. What's going on? I love that we love the downfall of childhood beloved things. It's I like, know. Ooh, we think it's like really edgy. Frank. So what happened? What happened? From an employee, quote, it was the silliest setup I've ever seen. Of course, from the outside, it's colorful. You've got the rainbow, the stars, the hearts on the building, the statue of the panda, but inside was like an abusive alcoholic home. A former employee called it the, quote, rainbow gulag. Oh, no. That's not Former employee, quote, Lisa Frank is notorious in Tucson as the world's shittiest employer. Uh, There is apparently an emphasis on productivity. And remember, this is a creative workplace. This is supposed to be like, we're like designing these like happy stickers of like rainbow pandas eating rainbow flavored ice cream. Like, and so the office was supposed to be silent and coworkers weren't allowed to talk to each other. What? Is this true? 
Apparently, they got it confirmed by like multiple employees. Oh my god! Uh, there was management secretly and illegally recorded phone calls. There was a bi-monthly publication called Frankly Speaking, which I think is like actually a really cute name, uh, that informed employees how they should act and had information on how they were expected to interact with the CEO James Green. No visitors were allowed, including family members. A uh, penalty for any violations ranged from verbal abuse to name calling to screaming to automatic termination to even more bizarre restrictions. And they didn't offer severance. Here's the thing. Why? Like, I just feel like that shit always comes out. Yeah. I think, though, like at that point, I don't know that that shit was coming out. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I feel true. like the employers were like, hey, hey, no one will know. But I feel like now that the inner it was like the emergence of social media that I think really for better or for worse, because, like, I don't know how much we've talked about cancel culture on here. I feel like a decent amount. But, like, social media is a place where people bitch about things, sometimes rightfully so, sometimes maybe not. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, like, it's created a space where employers that are pulling shit like this wouldn't last very long because it would come out. But yeah. before that, like, people didn't really have an outlet. What are you going to, like, write a letter to your congressman? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so one time after discovering someone left the office 10 minutes early, an enraged Green, the CEO um, and husband of Lisa Frank, mm. instructed the warehouse manager to put chains and padlocks on all the downstairs doors so that, quote, the staff can't escape. What the fuck? <laughs> Can you imagine? That's like hell. That's like hellish just because of what their product is. Right? Yeah. Like what? Well, it's just interesting because it is just such a juxtaposition of their product. So why didn't people just leave? Um, I mean, there was high churn rate uh, for employees, but the company allegedly often failed to give promised severance packages, fought unemployment benefits, and former employees had to sue for their final paychecks or sales commission as evidenced by public records of numerous civil judgments entered against Lisa Frank, Inc., also a series of lawsuits from local contractors and builders who claimed they hadn't been paid for the $4 million worth of work on the corporate headquarters. According to Susan Rus Russo, who worked as the sales and marketing manager, quote, over 80 people walked out the door between February 2003 and December 2004, most without notice because they had been treated so poorly and they just were like, I'm fed up, I'm leaving. Oh. It's really, it's like very astounding and it's interesting because like, so when I was doing this research, I was so like shocked. Yeah. But now that I'm reading and remembering, this is like people's lives. Like that had to have been so stressful and it's like really unfortunate that this thing that like we all loved was causing so much pain for all of these people. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt with my last job. Was that's horrible. I, it was just like all these people were like, oh my God, it must be a dream to work here. And I was like, I feel like I'm in hell. <laughs> You know, I relate to that. I relate to that with some of my former employers. Um, so everyone seemed to have a problem with James Green specifically. I feel like people were kind of like, oh, like Lisa Frank, she's like kind of a weirdo. But everyone was like, fuck James Green. <laughs> oh, no. So he Wait, didn't are there seem pictures to be very favorable. Um, I'm sure I didn't look it up. I actually okay. know I'm like, hmm. Oh, my God. He looks like he a looks psychopath. Like, wait, I just actually, found him. Images. The pictures of her look crazy too. She, wait, that's so funny. So this that picture, the one with her and the turtleneck, mm -hmm. that's like the picture that was. Um, that's one of the only. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
um yeah he looks like a he looks like somebody who would like yell at people and do a lot of coke yeah big time like think very highly of himself um okay so he started working like what's the deal with him let's talk about him we know he's lisa frank's husband wasn't always that way though they didn't start the company together because remember she started i mean i guess you could be married at that point but she started like when she was in college um but he started working there in 1982 as the company's first in-house illustrator and designer. Then he started dating Lisa Frank late 1983, early 1984, and started to move up the corporate ladder. I wonder if those events were related. Is there a correlation? Uh, then he was named president and CEO in December of 1992. Frank and Green got married in October 1994 in what was described as a, quote, extravagant affair. I wonder if it was like so overly cuddled. Like, I want to know what their wedding looked like. Like, was it like, was that her aesthetic? Or do you think she just like went through a phase and then it was like very lucrative? And so she kept it. I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure. She, I'm sure. You know what it was like, was like that Barbie, like fake palace vibe that was early. Mm-hmm. Not, not like it's actual like Barbie, Malibu dream house. Malibu dream house vibes. I could see that. Uh, so after they had kids, Frank worked from home and came into the office every once in a while, but Green actually ran the show. Like oh, wow. people are quoted as saying like, yeah, sometimes she's like pop in and see what's going on, but she like wasn't really super involved from their perspective. Wow. Um, he sounds like an abusive manager. So in 2005, 16 people submitted affidavits in a lawsuit against Green. He had fits of rage and load. I wrote fits of rage and load profanity laden outbursts. I don't know what I meant, but he had profanity laden outbursts. outbursts. Maybe, yeah. While publicly berating people, including Frank. So he'd like embarrass her in front of her employees oh. at her namesake company. We don't like that at all. Uh, he was witness as throwing chairs and other objects said to have had a Napoleon complex and described as a quote, relatively short man who reeked of cologne. Oh, cool. I think it's funny that they're like, interviewing all these people who had these horrible experiences and like these are the details that are coming out they're like yeah and he was short write that down he also smelled I just like, feel cologne. like that's honestly like so real though i feel right? like when someone reeks of cologne and they're shitty like you'll always remember that yeah, yeah. i also feel like don't throw chairs i feel like throwing chairs is like something is wrong it just feels like a lot of physical effort like there's so much time that passes when you're throwing a chair that you could like stop yourself like it's like you have to get up out of the chair or like walk towards the chair right and then you have to like (laughs) get down to its level like think of like how awkward the shape of a chair is like it's not like it's like you're taking like a memory card i don't know why you'd have one around and like tossing it it's like no you're like getting to the chair's level like you need to like lift with your legs not with your back like there's so many moments where you could just be like i should put this down we don't need to be throwing chairs no we do not um so then the two divorced and it wasn't surprising frank was frightened of green and it was a victim of verbal abuse which i know we're like ha 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 but that's like for real not like yeah fuck you dude get out of here um green moved out of their home in out of there he did he moved out of their home in june 2005 yeah yeah. and frank started getting more involved in the business again but they were both still running it together so like he was still the president and CEO, and she was just like, wait, like, I'm involved too. Wait, why couldn't she kick him out? I don't know how the logistics of that work, but I feel oh. like if he's president and CEO, like, on, like, legally, what power does she really have? She's just owner of the company. Like, 
does she have power over both the president and the CEO? What I feel like based on watching a lot of great business shows that I watch on CNBC, um, that she should have retained like being president and he was CEO so that she, she would. Didn't. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder, I don't remember how long they were married. If it's something like a legality where they were married long enough or maybe didn't have a prenup and like he legally owned half the business because oh, of that. Get a prenup. Um, after they divorced, the company had plans to expand with a fantastic world of Lisa Frank theme park, which I feel like would have been so fantastically camp and just like. Oh, my God. I would totally would have. So won. fun. A uh, clothing line and TV show, but instead Lisa Frank spent most of the latter half of the 2000s in litigation. There was a list of like nine lawsuits of Lisa Frank versus James Green and vice versa. Ew, what a psycho. And then a few with Rolette, who I think I read was the VP, but this was such a long article that at that point I was like, I don't even want to go back and look. She was a high ranking employee. Ew. Um, I guess against Frank. Um, and she was also Green's right-hand, like, person. And I thought there was going to be more drama, but that's kind of where we're at with Lisa Frank. You can still buy their stuff, and they have a website. And in 2013, they started a short-lived collaboration with Urban Outfitters. But it's kind of just, like, their I divorce just kind of, like, fucked the business. And Men like that. To be... Okay, I am not defending him. I think we're really clear I don't like this guy. <laughs> but let's say the divorce didn't happen or even let's say it was amicable and he was like fine take the business i'll like do whatever else and so she's just running it now right yeah elisa frank has never changed anything like it's always the same thing it's just like new versions of the same aesthetic and i just i think now it's like the 90s and that nostalgia pop sort of a thing is back but like that's like a pretty recent thing and I just feel like, I don't know, could Lisa Frank have, like, sustained itself if, like, this entire time even sans, like, all of these lawsuits? Probably n Well, okay, I actually don't know because I think I'm not super well-versed in, like, toddler aesthetics. But I do remember, like, when I was babysitting, like, in the past, mm -hmm. like, I was kind of surprised that the aesthetics have not changed that much oh interesting like kids still really like yeah. that look like we may have grown out of it but i think like rainbows and i think that has never it's left. like timeless for for yeah if you a think certain about age it. bracket that's a good point that's a really good point like i, I wonder if when we were that age if older kids were into lisa frank too or was it just because we were that age bracket i don't know I, it might have I don't know. Huh. I don't know. But yeah. I will say, in her defense of, like, not changing anything, I low-key, like, respect the shit out of it because I hate when brands that are very aesthetic for one reason mm -hmm. try to rebrand for the current moment. But then it, like... Then you look back in like a year and you're like, why did you do that? But you're also like, what is your brand? Idea? Like, who are you? You're just a generic yeah. brand now. Because I do think that usually when they do that rebrand, it's so driven by like trying to cap, like stay relevant and like stay hip and cool. And so it's not really coming from like a genuine authentic place. And you can kind of sniff that out. Yeah. And I think it would be different with Lisa Frank if it was fashion. Mm hmm. Because I feel like Betsy Johnson has a was a kind of a similar era aesthetic, yeah. like kind of gaudy. She was around for a really cupcake. long time. Did you she's, know that? She's still around. Well, no, she her line is not. 
I but, just saw Betsy Johnson's shoes recently. So Betsy Johnson was bought by Steve Madden. Oh. Um, but she is working on a capsule. Co- on, she's working on a collection. Um, I don't know why I said capsule collection. She's working on a collection uh, actually right now. I just saw an article oh. about it. Well, I feel like that. But not for Betsy Johnson. Like not for Betsy Johnson, the brand. She's just, she's just as like- Betsy Johnson, the person is making because I, she left um, when Steve Madden bought her. Well, I don't know if it was immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, but but I feel like that as that fashion aesthetic mm-hmm. like kind of went out. Yeah. But like with Lisa Frank, like she's like selling like stickers and like coloring books. So like it's almost like less um not commitment, but I feel like it's like how much is a pack of stickers? It's yeah. like not like like where I feel like if you're buying like a Betsy Johnson dress, those were A expensive. And yeah. B, it's like you're committing to like wearing this like gaudy outfit. And I don't say god I liked Betsy Johnson, so I'm not saying gaudy in like a bad way. It's just like very like garish. <laughs> I keep using these really negative words. No, no, no. I just had I I had bets I had a few Betsy Johnson things. I was like not I like couldn't afford one of her dresses. Mm-hmm. Or like my parents wouldn't find me one. Like right on. Like don't find me one of those. But I now dating Caleb, like I'm I was so curious about what his childhood was like, like what yeah. he was like. And he has a younger sister. He wore Betsy Johnson. No, no, no. But he has a younger sister who like is only younger than me. So yeah. I can kind of trace what their life was like through her, because that's I also had a female experience. Mm-hmm. And for her bat mitzvah, she wore a Betsy Johnson dress. And I was like, bitch, I know who you are. <laughs> I was like, I can see you. I remember I had a Betsy Johnson bikini. Oh my god! And I bought I bought it in in high school actually. Wow! I bought it in high school, and I remember, dude, it's, it's so not it. It looked like wallpaper, like it was like this like white floral wallpaper sort of a thing but you know the wallpaper where there's like a line there's like two small lines and then there's like flowers in between it was like that but then there was like black in it somehow and then like the there were black like ties on the side that were these like really elaborate looking bows kind of like if you think of like you know those like the drapery that has bows on either side for like ceremonies it was really ugly um, but I have I remember to say it. though, like I kind of, I'm like looking at them. I like kind of am down. Oh, I like, yeah, it's like coming back. I like liked the style. It was. I feel like it was like around the same aesthetic. It was adjacent aesthetic to like Lamb, Love Angel Music Baby, Gwen Stefani's brand. Gwen Stefani's brand was a little skewed, a little bit more edgy, but still a little cutesy. Where I feel like um, Betsy Johnson was kind of like this mix of like almost like 80s glam and and like rock and roll sort of a thing yeah i feel like i like it because it's like slightly like it almost has like a touch of like 50s vintage yeah which i feel like never goes out of style yes i didn't really like any of her edgy stuff i have to say i liked her like frilly like floral shape. yeah i like the frilliness but so that is lisa frank wow who would have thought who would have thought i mean Again, I see cocaine when I see those images now. <laughs> um, well, I mine doesn't relate to this at all. Oh, cool. So um, very different. This is a little hefty, and I'll try to just get through it. Oh, but, I'm sorry. I feel like I was trying to make mine short, and I didn't do that. No, no, you, no, no. It's not for lack of time. It's just for oh, the like dense vibes. Okay, okay. Um, 
But I have been watching this new series that I'm obsessed with and I highly recommend. It's a little bit like heady. Um, but a long time ago, I did a Century of the Self topic about like the founding of modern marketing. Do you remember that? Yes. It was a while ago. Um, and it was based on a series by Adam Curtis, who's like this British filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And he just released a new series earlier this year that I highly recommend called um, Can't Get You Out of My Head. I almost forgot it. It's called Can't, Can't Get You Out, out of, of My head. head. Love Kylie. Um, Minogue. Not Wait, is that who that is? Kylie Minogue, yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't she know. rocks. I love her. Um, it's a good song. And it's basically about like tracking. It's, it sounds so boring now compared to your topic. I'm sorry. You haven't actually said anything yet, so I can't even make okay, a judgment. Um, it's about tracking like emotion or political and social progress from the last 50 years through an emotional lens interesting which actually like that sounds really slaps yeah it was like he basically was like yeah i've like made all these documentaries about like sociology and da 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 but i was just curious about like how that like weighs on like mass emotion and so that's what the thing is that's what the whole documentary is about interesting Um, so he gives all these like very like specific stories and he interlaces all of them and then i it's kind of beautiful because it's like he's not making a specific point he's just like here's a story yeah and you can kind of all relate them but that's a very long-winded way to one of them was about the maoist revolution in china Mm -hmm. which i realized i don't know anything about (laughs) i don't think i do either to be honest Um, and i'm not gonna talk about that but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i well i was i was researching it and i was like there's no way i can condense this to like that's so funny topic. because i ha- there's been like two or three instances where i've had like chinese history like historical events that i've wanted to talk about but they're so i feel like you need so much context and like yeah. it's like so dense that i just like abandon hope because i'm like oh yeah i mean i wanted to talk about mao's wife jiang Qing, mm-hmm. who is like literally so fascinating Mao's wife was a um, Singaporean is that what you think? Uh, actress and singer. And she basically was like spurned by her co-star. And she was like, so I'm going to rise to power and crush you. Oh, my god! so gosh. she then married Mao and became like literally like one of the most powerful people in the world and like imprisoned her oh, co-star. Oh, I, I, I like wanted to say like good for her, but also I'm like, oh. No, it was like pretty intense. Um, But a lot of it is about her but anyways regardless i was just like researching maoist shit and then i came across that image you know it of the guy in front of the tanks it's called tank man the image um it's like one of the most famous images so here's the thing i didn't know well this was a sub article under Life's Greatest Mysteries. Oh, okay. Because basically no one ever found out who this man was. Wow, okay. So that's what I'm going to talk Is about. Because he got rolled over by a tank? He, he did not. Oh, that's good. Um, we have confirmation. So quick backstory. The image will pop up so you'll know what I'm talking about. It's very important. Okay. So if you're editing this, please. I am editing this. (laughs) Um, So it's a very famous image. Um, 
and it depicts the Tiananmen Square protests, which happened in Beijing in 1989, really, really fast. Basically what it was, was it's also known as the June 4th incident in China, and they were student-led demonstrations in Tiananmen Square in Beijing, and they led to what is known as the Tiananmen Square Massacre, where troops armed with assault rifles accompanying by tanks fired at the demonstrators and those trying to block the military's advance into the square. Um, they started on April 15th, and they were suppressed on June 4th forcibly, and the government declared martial law and sent in the People's Liberation Army to occupy parts of central Beijing. Estimates of the death toll vary from several hundred to several thousand, with thousands more of wounded. I'm not going to get political, but I will just say for a second, I feel like we are so lucky to not be in a situation where that's like what wow. happens. And I f feel like when people are like, oh, I feel like my freedom and liberties are being taken away. We are not a perfect country. I think we can all agree that. But like, we're not that. <laughs> no. So I'm like, like I'm like, okay, like I can manage, we can make some adjustments, but like, wow, that's hor horrible. Yeah, oh my thank gosh. God our government isn't open firing on student protesters. Like, are you kidding? No. <sighs> that's so sad. Oh my goodness. So what caused these protests were, um, was the death of the pro-reform communist general secretary. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I'm going to butcher it. Okay. No, I'll try. Hu Yaobang in April 1989. Um, and this is amid backdrop of rapid economic development and social changes in post Mao China that reflect in anxieties among the people and political elite. And these reforms, it's interesting. So it sounds like it's like, yay, like this is good, but it was like only benefiting like the elite. Gotcha. Common grievances of the time were inflation, corruption, limited preparedness of graduates for the new economy can relate <laughs> wait remind um, me what year is this 1989 okay um and uh restrictions on political participation um, yeah no kidding so this is like a super important event yeah it's like a watershed event as they call it um because the reaction to the protests set limits on political expression in china limits that have lasted up to the present day yeah, that when you said 19, that's like so recent. I know. Fuck. And I think that like what's really frustrating for many reasons, because obviously you don't like to hear about like a huge massacre. There's like these people were just starting their lives and they like would be doing their thing right now. But you know. know what I mean? Like it's just so fucking heartbreaking. I know. And they just wanted a better life. Yeah. That's what's so sad about it. Um. And so just this is like for context of why yeah. this is important. So remembering the protests is widely associated with questioning the legitimacy of the Communist Party rule and it remains one of the most sensitive and widely censored topics in China today, which I didn't know. That's So I actually, my dad sent me an article on June 4th um, about Tiananmen Square this year and it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I've always seen this picture, but I feel like I never like really deep dove yeah which is the point of this podcast um so the incident of tank man they call him tank man of tiananmen that's like the image name yeah um so it took place on the northeast edge 
of Tiananmen Square. Shortly after noon on June 5th, 1989, um, the day after of the violent crackdown. And so Tank Man, as he's called, stood in the middle of the wide avenue, directly in the path of a column of approaching tight 59 tanks. Um, Stuart Franklin, that's my last name, <laughs> who was on assignment for Time Magazine, told the New York Times, quote, at some point, shots were fired and the tanks carried on down the road towards us, leaving Tiananmen Square behind until it bl- was blocked by one lone protester. He wore a white shirt and black trousers, and he held two shopping bags, which I just love that about it. <laughs> like, if you see videos, he has like two shopping bags. Yeah. It's very endearing. As the tanks came to a stop, the man gestured towards the tanks with one of the bags. In response, the lead tank attempted to drive around the man, but the man repeatedly stepped into the path of the tank in the show of nonviolent action. After repeatedly attempting to go around, the lead tank stopped its engines and the armored vehicles behind it followed suit. There was a short pause in the man and the tanks having reached a quiet, still impasse, which is like such a beautiful like gesture. Of just like standing in front of the tanks. I just am stressed. I feel like they like tortured him. So having successfully brought the column to the halt, the man climbed up onto the hole of the buttoned up lead tank. And after briefly stopping at the driver's hatch, he appeared in video footage of the incident to call into various parts of the tank's turret. He then climbed atop the turret and seemed to have a short conversation with a crew member at the gunner's hatch. After ending in the conversation, the man descended from the tank um, the tank commander briefly emerged from his hatch and the tanks restarted their engines ready to continue on. At that point, the man who was still standing within a meter or two from the side of the lead tank leapt in front of the vehicles once again and quickly reestablished the tank man standoff. Fucking brave. So who is this man? Yeah, who is this man? We don't know. Mm. So little is known publicly about him. Um, I hope he's okay. Or, or that. I don't know if he is, <laughs> or yeah. that of the commander of the lead tank. Um, shortly after the incident, a British tabloid Sunday Express named him as Wang Weilian, a 19-year-old student who was later charged with political hooliganism mm-hmm. and, quote, attempting to subvert members of the People's Liberation Army. Um, this was rejected by the communists. They were like, that's not him. Um, of course it was. Uh, and they reported they could not find the man. Um, like that's not true. Yeah, and a human rights watch was like, that's not true. <laughs> I don't believe that even um, for a second. So one party member was quoted as saying, we can't find him. We got his name from journalists. We have checked through computers, but we can't find him among the dead or among those in prison. Which is like so, so depressing. So that means he's alive. I feel like they're like, we didn't do anything. Well, A, I feel like it's actually really complicated because it's like, I you shouldn't publish the name of that guy. Like if they're like protesting political censorship, thinking, yeah. like you should freaking protect, you should protect him. them. Yeah, which is actually why in to spin this in a positive way. Maybe I should say this for the end, but it's like that is kind of good that we don't know who it is because then he could have continued, you know, continued his continued life on. Yeah. But that's probably unlikely. Um, yeah, dude. China. How long have they? been in this like state long you know? time uh i mean they're still communists yeah since the oh, let me i'll tell you i mean we already established neither of us know chinese history i believe like since the um 
I mean, the party was founded in the 1920s. And they took over in da, 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 uh, 1949. It was mm. after World War II. Uh, it's crazy. It's just like, why don't they teach us in school? <laughs> yeah. Like we, it's I feel so like, important to know. You know what? I would bet this is very cynical view. I would bet it probably has something to do with um, how much the U.S. relies on China for like yeah. exports. Yeah, and that it's like I feel like it's one of those things where like everyone's like, no, they shouldn't be doing that. It's like so bad, but then like we do a ton of business. And I know that this, I am not claiming to know very much about that stuff. I I know enough that I know that it's infinitely more complicated and there's lots of layers of nuance as to like the i don't know strategy behind that or whatever but like i would imagine that part of it is probably the fact that either like we're losing and they don't want like the perception of us being like man the states are losers yeah um coupled with the fact that maybe they don't want to piss off china by teaching by painting them as bad guys and teaching all of their youth that like china's bad yeah because they want to like keep doing like trading with them and keeping that option open that would be my guess. Yeah. No, I I mean, that's probably it. And it's interesting because to study in the US, like if you're from China, I just know this because there's a lot of Chinese students in my program, like your parents have to make a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So like the Chinese people that we interact with are like not the general population. Yeah. You know? Totally. It's totally. just like, it's nuts. I really want to go to China. I want to see yeah. what's going on. I've um has Alex been to China? I can't remember. Alex has been to a lot of Have Asian countries. There? I've never been to China. Oh. Japan was the first time that I've been to Asia. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. It's like very eye-opening to realize that places like North Korea and like China are exist. I, I just feel so sheltered. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because I feel like we have I cannot even fathom like a situation where I don't have like freedom of speech or like freedom to like just like voice my displeasures yeah um and just like being so policed and that that's just like such a real reality for so many people yeah you meant i get what you meant by heavy now yeah well um so there's not well there's a few more statements about the incident Mm -hmm. um it's obviously like not talked about but yeah um the government publicly denounced tank man as a scoundrel on state television um and in 1990 barbara walters the freaking gal Mm -hmm. she um pressed the general secretary at the time of china jiang zimin and asked what became of the man and he stated quote i can't confirm whether this young man you mentioned was arrested or not and then he replied in english he said that first part through interpreter he says I think never killed the government. That's what he said, which is so creepy. But wait, why is it creepy? Because he was trying to say the government never killed him, he thinks. No, he says, I can't confirm whether the young man you mentioned was arrested or not. And then replied in English, quote, I think never killed. He said that in English, meaning like it for some reason, like confirms that they're like, yeah, we just like kill people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think maybe we are. Maybe he was like, oh, they already know. Um, the government, but the government like kind of spinned it when they would have to talk about it and yeah. said 
they're like, oh, the incident showed the humanity of the c- country's military because they didn't run the guy over. Oh, I didn't. For some reason, I skipped over. Um, basically, two people in bl- wearing blue uniforms ran out from the crowd and pulled him away. And that's how it ended. Uh, okay. I didn't say that because um, it was like a standoff. Yeah. Um, oh, so they totally. Re- oh, my gosh. It's not he like he like left and ran away like yeah um how stupid do they think we are interesting um and a little video games moment Sid hey I've heard of those on August twentieth twenty twenty a trailer for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War showed footage of Tank Man on video platforms in China like Bilby Bilby Ely I think that might be their YouTube. Um, the segment of the trailer was replaced with a black screen. and um, That's the most recent Call of Duty. And the next day, Activision Blizzard released a shorter version of the trailer that also didn't include the scene. Um, and on June 4th, 2021, recently, the 32nd anniversary of the massacre, searches for the Tank Man image and videos were censored by micro. Microsoft's Bing search engine worldwide. Hours after Microsoft acknowledged the issue, the search returned only pictures of tanks elsewhere in the world. Search engines that license result from Microsoft, such as DuckDuckGo and Yahoo, face similar issues. Um, Microsoft said the issue was, quote, due to an accidental human error. So that but was... The, I think that's freaking sus. I think that that was the article that I was sent oh. was about um, when that was happening and when everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, why can't we see this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that just, like, further points to, like... I know that I was just like, wow, our government's great. They're not killing all of us, you know? But, like, I think it's also just, like, so much collusion. Do you know what I mean? Like, collusion. I even look at... What was it? Um, just... <sighs> I don't, I don't know. Tell me if you think this is like a similar thing, but like how just how much of a grip like China has on the US, like we feel like it's separate, but like um, just an influence, like the fact that um, called like Activision changed that trailer, these big corporations being like, hey, you got to keep China happy. You can't say that. Yeah. I mean, quickly going to USC like the Hollywood school, I literally was told to like research like what is and isn't allowed in like Chinese culture when writing scripts. Wow, Because of how the film industry, the market is geared to China now. Yeah. It's like every movie, you're not really, you don't really care about domestic box office anymore. Wow, like it's interesting. for the Chinese market because they like, it's a huge, huge market. And- Surprisingly, like Star Wars doesn't do well there because of the storyline. Um, it gets censored a lot because of like the rebellion. Um, Interesting. But yeah, that's why I think Marvel movies do really well there. I don't know why this is like, again, don't quote me on this, but I just know that like most big budget movies are tailored to being not censored in China. Yeah. And so they're sensitive about that. And it's that's, just, yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting. Is it because there's so many people in China? And so automatically, like, the box office number, like, they're yeah. making more money? or is And it- they, they have, like, theater going is way bigger there than it is here now. Interesting. Huh, that's fascinating because, they, yeah, the friend whose parent is a professor there, 
he does stuff in Chinese China. Um, and I feel like oh yeah, they have a Chinese branch of USC Film. School. Yeah, he he works <laughs> he works in that branch. Um, yeah. but. I also just read something where one of the Sprouse brothers, mm-hmm. like Cole, it must have been Cole, because I don't even remember the other guy's name. Dylan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them learned Mandarin in like six months to like star in some Chinese film. Crazy. As like the American prince or something. It's like Drake Bell in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a whole yeah. other story. Um, but yeah, fuck, dude. Anyways, that's Tiana Square. I'll probably do... Yeah. I'll probably do some more Chinese topics. Yeah, I would love just that. Just because of that, that was documentary like a really, was beautiful. That was a really good distillation of. Oh my god! Thank of you. It. Like I feel like it. Like you gave like enough con. Like it, that's yeah. Wow. Thank fuck. you. Yeah, I want to watch that documentary now. Yeah, I. I'll have to it's find really it. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Don't forget new episodes every Friday, and uh, we have an image guide going up. So if you want to see the. Tenement Square uh, image that'll definitely be on there as well as some Lisa Frank stuff. Uh, maybe even some <laughs> Betsy Johnson. I don't know. Random. <laughs> um, and then we have our YouTube videos going up every week. YouTube like video podcasts. YouTube.com slash setup. Keep going. We'll see you next week. Bye. Fridays. Bye.